Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Ken's as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or are Mac and Ken's your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to week six of our Still the Same God podcast series. This is the finale, the last one. It has been so much fun going through this study with all of you guys, and we're sad for it to end, but also, man, we have learned a lot about God, experienced a lot about God over the last six weeks, and we're really excited to end it with today's conversation, which is all about how God still saves, how all throughout scripture, you see God pursuing people and God chasing after people. And sometimes I think it's super easy to not believe that for our own life or the people in our life, for our friends and our family who don't know how, who don't yet know Jesus. And we just want to talk about God's heart and how God is still still in the work of saving people today. And we're really excited about this conversation. Hopefully it just like reignites some passion and some purpose in you. But before we jump into that, I think we should do some highs and lows for the week. Ken's, it's week six. Have you come prepared this time? (laughs) I have a feeling (laughs) I actually have my low. No, I have my low. Surprise, shocking. Oh, good. I feel like last week we told you to work on that. So I'm I'm happy to see that you worked on it. My freaking low is that I got a cold and that sucks. Does Isn't colds just the worst thing in the world? Your like, whole life is just, if it's not good, it's because you're either sick <laughs> or can't sleep. And it's like, that's really it. There's really... The only lows. And I'm over here like telling people the realness of my life over here at the hard stuff. And you're over here just like... I got a cold. I got a cold. Yeah, you're like I. You're like struggling. Do you have problems? Do you have issues in your life? Are you kidding? I feel like I talk about that too. I do. I obviously do. I'm kidding. Do I really not? I'm giving you a hard time. I just um, thought since you were ready and prepared that like it, but I shouldn't. It was know. gonna be like something really deep or something yeah. like really I kn- crazy. I knew you had a cold, uh, and I should have known that was gonna be your love. I know it just is the worst. It's just the worst. I think I got on an airplane. You know, normally I'm like really a germaphobe and taking all the things, but I got too lax. I got too lax. You know, when you go for a few months without it, and then you're like, oh, I'm invisible, invincible. Then it got me, got me good, got what me down. What precautions do you take on an airplane? Like washing your hands or do you mask up? <laughs> what do you do? Okay, I didn't want this to come, you know, to my health tips and tricks once again. <laughs> but <laughs> I definitely have like the little spray hand sanitizer. You got to wash this. Okay, hands. that's not that weird. I do that a lot. And then what is it called? There's this like bee, a beekeeper's throat spray you should check it out it's like this like natural honey thing and it's supposed to boost your immunity while you travel so you should get that all you ladies and then i don't know just your normal multivitamin but i think when you're pregnant you're supposed to get sick more this is my first time sick in pregnancy proper cold well actually i think i had one on tour so maybe the second I cannot eat this chip right now or else it's going to be crunching. I thought you were eating a French fry for a second. And I was like, that's the most out of character thing I've ever seen you do in my life. 
Do you I'm like just, French fries? I, okay. Oh my gosh. Stop like trying to put me in this box of like this not vulnerable. <laughs> I'm just tell- like, I'm telling you like, that you're not relatable. You don't eat French fries. <laughs> you don't eat French yeah, fries and you don't have problems. <laughs> okay. This is all not true. I, I love French fries. <laughs> I, I eat them probably once a week. <sighs> Or more, uh, honestly. Okay, moving on. <laughs> okay, let's not get started about how you talk about eating. You love you junk food. We've talked about this on the podcast so many eat. times. Okay. Yeah, Mac is like, oh my gosh, yeah, let's totally go to In-N-Out. I'm going to get the double stack, triple stack shake situation. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> and then you go and she's like, I'll take the lettuce wrap. <laughs> I just had a breakfast burrito for lunch and it was so yummy. It was delicious. Uh, hey, what is your um, what's your situation or what's your highs and lows? I got to get to my high. I'll think about that. Okay, sure. yeah, I don't have my I don't have my low yet, but I do know my high because I've just decided oh to make. You're so superficial. I can't believe you only have your high. Okay, so my high for this week because I last week I told you guys about the carnival in small town oh, yeah. life here, so. I should just start calling this my small town moment of the week or something. But this week we went to on Saturday night, one of our best friends, he is a firefighter in our town. And so, and then we also lead young life at a high school in our town. And so on Saturday night, they had a, a, a charity baseball game between the baseball team at the high school and the first responders in our town. And they played against each other. And it was just That's like, cute. honestly, so fun and so cute watching this little hometown, small town baseball game. And our friend, that's because awesome. we know some of the baseball players from Young Life, but then also our uh, friend who was a firefighter, he, you know, he's like almost 40. And he, in like the very end, like went into pitch and threw like three strikeouts in a row. And then that like ended the game. And so it, it felt like a, a movie almost. It was epic and awesome. Wait, who won? Which team? Well, they did it because it was a charity thing. Like you could pay like a hundred dollars and like get a run for the other team. So I think technically with the money, the first responders won. But I think if you took away all the free runs, then I think the baseball team won. Uh, but, that's cute. But it was I cute. love it. It was cute. That is such a small town thing. Yeah, it was really fun. Okay, it would have been even better if I would have won the raffle, but I didn't win the raffle. But I, I was hoping. What were you in the raffle for? There was, was a the lot price. of raffles. There was like the 50 50, like the jackpot money, you know, where you buy uh-huh. like whatever you split it. And then there was like a lot of random prizes. I didn't win anything. Oh, dang. Just one unlucky gal. Yeah, so that was my high. Did you um, your low? No, I already said my low. Oh, my you're high right. I meant is, yeah. Um, my high, my high is probably that we just have zero plans this week, and it's been nice. Like you know, those weeks. I don't know if everybody can relate, but sometimes you just have like your busy schedule and grinding away and popping from this social event to the next, and then sometimes you can just wake up and be like, wow. Got nothing much on my schedule. That means I'm going to take a long walk, cook a long dinner, 
sleep a little more. That was my life this week. So in the rest of the week. So I'm pretty excited about that. It also hit good timing with my sickness. Why are you just blankly staring at me? <laughs> Mac is the worst to converse with. Oh my gosh. Like, did you just listen to anything I said? <laughs> yeah, it was something about how you are just continuing your life, taking your vitamins and no plans, sleeping and being healthy. No, it was about the fact that I have no plans this week and that's my highlight and that's the best. Yeah, you're happy about your no plans so you can be extra healthy. Yeah. So No, not, <laughs> not extra healthy. Just that life is chill. Summer's coming on, watching the sunsets and just watching chilling, you know? sunsets. Genuinely, I have these little rocking chairs outside, and I genuinely have been sitting there every night because I don't have plans. Yeah. Like, no dinner plans, no walks with friends, just me. Just you. And the Lord. You and the Lord. And Josh hanging out. Whew. Okay. So, wow. You. Okay. Next one. Moving on. Okay. Yeah. My low. I don't have like a good low for this week. Uh, <laughs> after I gave it's you ironic. such a hard time. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think. My low. I mean. My low for this week was that we have started to ship out on Amazon. And Ken's is in charge of like setting everything up on Amazon. And then I'm obviously in charge of shipping because we have, you know, the warehouse here in North Carolina. And there's been a whole host of issues. And it's yeah. kind of been hilarious. And uh, we're getting flagged on Amazon. I think they think we're we're scammers or something. Oh my goodness, yes. Um, and you know, my it's mom, hard. The, te the tech side of the Amazon thing is hard and trying to teach my mom. And then of course, like today was her first day where she was supposed to do it by herself. And just before recording this podcast, she's calling me and she's like, I can't get into the system. I typed the password and wrote <laughs> perfectly. And I'm like, mom, I'll send you the label. Just print it out and stick it on there and we'll be good to go. So yeah, you know. That's hilarious. Just yeah, the frustrations. Yes, frustrations of being kind of, you know, being entrepreneurs, being business owners <laughs> is like there's a lot of behind the scene things that you have to figure out that there's no there's no forum on the internet that can tell you exactly how to do it. And that's yeah, that's always a Who challenge. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? No, truly. Amazon is a beast behind the scenes. It's like so so many technical things, but you guys, the books will be available on Amazon. But and it's gonna be great. Honestly, if I were you, don't buy them on Amazon. Buy them on our website. It's a better deal. No, and here's the deal, guys. You gotta support small biz. We're just out here trying to do ministry, and we want them available on Amazon for people that don't know anything about For the Girl, because then maybe they'll discover it through searching. But the true For the Girl fam. Going to forthegirl.com. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. I hope our true fans have seen that uh, we redid the website and it's looking good these days. Yeah, it's so cute. The yellow accents. You know what's funny is I was on this like creative design website the other day and it said the color of the summer or like the color of, yeah, I think the summer was our exact yellow. Like it was like so close to our yellow and I was like, wow. Wow. We know what we're doing. That's amazing. Yeah, we're, we're ahead of the trend. Okay, well, this is fun. I'm really excited for today's episode. It's going to be a good one. So I feel like we should get into it. 
Okay, so this conversation all about God still saves. I think this is one that I think when even when we were kind of like writing this and planning for the study, we we're like, oh my goodness, yes, obviously God still saves. Duh, Mac and mm-hmm. Ken's like, no doubt about it. Obviously, God is still capturing people's hearts and still inviting yeah. people into this this new way of life with him. But I think in reality, if we got really honest with ourselves, I think we all have maybe personal relationships in our life. Maybe it's friendships, maybe it's family members, maybe it's just people that we know and we interact with who who don't know the Lord or at all, maybe have never had a relationship with the Lord, or maybe they are... They did at one point and they strayed away from their faith and they are not living in a relationship with Christ right now. And I think as believers, when maybe this has been going on for years and years and years, and there's just kind of some bitterness that's been built up and there's resentment and hurt and uh, maybe your mind is flashing to these really hard conversations that you've had with these people where you've like tried to share your heart and you've you've tried to share your faith with them and it just felt like it only led to more arguments or it only led to more divisiveness. And I think if we got honest, we all have these people in our life that we've just been praying for and praying for for years and years and years, and we've seen no change. If anything, we've seen steps taken backwards. And I think it's really easy to start believing maybe deep down that God actually cannot save this person. God actually cannot grab hold of their life and radically change their life. And, and we just kind of start to believe in our heart of hearts that it's hopeless and, and it's hopeless that we share our faith. It's hopeless because maybe even we feel as if God has like stopped caring about them and, and God is just not, not chasing after their heart anymore. And I think when we get to a place in our hearts where we start to believe this, I think this can be just like so detrimental because who God is, like the character of God is that God is just the type of God who always is going after the hearts of his kids and is just in radical, relentless pursuit of all of our hearts. And so I think this this conversation, this week of the study, it might feel like the most like, you're like, yeah, I got it. Like, I don't even need this. But I think this <laughs> is one that if you dig a little bit deeper, there's mm-hmm. some some really important, I think almost like false narratives about who God is to uncover and to kind of begin to wrestle with and sort through, because I think it can lead to some really, really cool things in these relationships that we've named as hopeless. And so that's why I'm excited about this conversation. Yes, yes, I know. The reality is, is I think that we probably subconsciously have just been like, oh yeah, God must not really care that much anymore. Like it's Mm -hmm. been like 10 years. I'm sure he kind of like forgotten about him or put him in the back burner or Maybe he's it's just kind of like unapplicable right now. Like he just like he doesn't he doesn't really care that much anymore. And so I think if we're gonna share anything from this episode, it's to kind of reverse that in your mind and just yeah. for you to recognize that Jesus, even more 
hopefully more than you, is desperate for these people to come back. Like he really does want to lift their heads up again. He wants to intervene. He wants to heal. He can't wait to shed light on situations and to redeem their life. Like his heart for that person is so, so big. And, you know, I think I I even, I feel convicted talking about this because I'm like, I feel like I don't carry that heart of God a lot of times into relationship. Like I've, I've kind of also not cared. Like, Mm. and I know, I mean, I can think of at least three people right now in my life who I've just kind of sadly accepted the reality of them not knowing Jesus. And like, I'm, I'm just okay with that and have lost care for it. And, you know, I can think of one friend who's, He's kind of like the cynical type and he's mm. really burned by the church. And anytime a conversation in the past had surfaced about it, he just like outsmarted me. And over the years, I've just distanced myself from him yeah. and kind of accepted the reality of like, okay, maybe God doesn't, maybe isn't, God isn't going to do anything there. But really like I've, I haven't recognized that God even still cares about him, but he he really deeply does. And so that reality just shakes me. And then I even can think of people who I, I have plans like in the future. <laughs> I'm sure you have those people too, Mac, like where you're like, yeah, one day maybe I'll like tell them about Jesus. And yeah. Yeah. But then I'm like picturing Jesus right now, like looking down and he's just like on the edge of his seat. He's like, I can't wait to be a part of him or her's life. And He's not like lazy about it. He isn't dragging his mm. feet. He like can't wait to see them redeemed. And I don't know. I just think that, yeah, God just hasn't lost that for the world around us. You know, it's 2023. Life looks a lot different now than it did when Jesus was walking on the earth. And, and, but it's still the same. It yeah. still is the same. And I think if he was here today, he'd be running like a crazy man yeah. to make sure that that person found Jesus, you know? Yeah. Yeah, actually this morning I was reading the parable of the wandering sheep in Matthew 18, which I think is different than the parable of the lost sheep. They're very similar, but they're a little (laughs) bit different. And this is like one of those ones where I read it and I was almost offended by it, but in a really beautiful way. And so I want to read it real quick to you guys here, but it's the parable of the wandering sheep, Matthew 18, starting in verse 12, it says, What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep, this is Jesus speaking, by the way. If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm trekking. I'm tracking with this, Jesus. I love it. It says, verse 13 says, and if he finds it, truly, I tell you, he is happier about the one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. Verse 14 says, in the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. And I love this verse because I said, like, it's almost offensive because I'm like, all right, Jesus, like I'm in that group of 99. Like I'm, I'm here. I'm not straying. I haven't wandered off. And it's almost like in this moment, we see the heart of the shepherd that the shepherd says, I will leave the 99 to go after the one who has wandered off, the one who does not know my name, the one who is not responding to my voice and the celebration that he ensues upon that he he steps into for when the one returns to the flock is 
is something that just moves his heart so deeply, so deeply, almost more than the the 99 who have remained consistent and stayed. And at first, I, like I said, it was almost offensive. Like, what the heck, Jesus? But I think that is the heart of our God. Like the heart of our God has never been about what we can or cannot do for God. The heart of God has always been about God's relentless pursuit of his people, like a relentless pursuit that says, I will go after the one. I will go after the one who has wandered so far off and I will invite them into the family of God. I will invite them to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. I will invite them to come and to be in my house, to take slumber in my pasture and all of these beautiful things. And I just think that like our fickle hearts cannot wrap our minds around that. We think, okay, What Jesus wants is for me to like earn his love and for me to uh, prove to him that I'm great. And if I prove to him that I'm great, then all of his attention will be on me. But I think it's really cool that the heart of the father is is with the ones who have who have said yes to him already. And then he's like, okay, but we are in this pursuit together for the rest of the sheep. Like we're in this pursuit together of of looking out for those who have wandered off. And together, would we go on this journey and this pursuit of inviting these people in? And, and I think that there's a, like you said, Ken, like there's a shift in our perspectives when, when we realize that however much we think we care about that family member who doesn't know Jesus yet or that friend who doesn't know Jesus yet, we don't even know a sliver of how deeply God cares for that person and how loved and chosen that person is. And and I yeah. think rather than like trying to live off of our own passion, I think there's something really beautiful to be said about almost like borrowing God's passion for that person and and rather than like trying to muster it up in ourselves to go and tell that person about Jesus, there's something to be said about just yeah. like being encouraged and inspired by God's love for that person and letting that be the thing that compels us to to go and and to make yeah. disciples and to tell people about the good news of Jesus. Yeah, it does. It's like I'm listening to this. I'm like, okay, so then what does this mean for me? Or like, how can I be a part of of this and transformation in other people's lives. And yeah, I think that is the first step. It's to like borrow Jesus' passion, to sit with him. And for anybody listening like myself who has lost maybe that passion for that person that's lost or has kind of sort of subconsciously stopped caring that they don't know Jesus and to sit with Jesus on your own and just be reminded of how much he loves them and how much he does care for them. And I think in that quiet moment, your heart will grow so big, so big for them that it will just overflow into like a relationship with them. That's easier than it has been. Cause I think without caring or without a deep sense of passion in this area for that person, it's going to feel really forced. It's going to feel really like hard and, relentless. But I think once we reignite that same care, I think everything changes and Mm. we will pursue them and go out of our way for them. Just like we see in scripture. I mean, I can't wait for you guys to read this week's um, story about Zacchaeus. And you can just tell that Jesus cared so much 
for this man, a man that like everybody hated, who he probably wasn't pleasant to be around. There was no fun, but Jesus like easily went out of his way just to be with them, to spend a night with them, eating a meal with him. And, and everything changed for Zacchaeus. Like everything changed just not because of a perfectly poised sermon or for this great little gospel presentation, but because Jesus is so good. And like, I think we forget that too. Although they might come off like they're happy and fine and content and all their riches, just like Zacchaeus, they, they, they often have their own like insecurities and hopelessness and depression and do feel really lost. And Jesus, just the person of Jesus changes that. Like it does change that. And you over your heart overflowing for them will remind them of that. And I, I think that I often have doubts as Jesus is as our savior, because I forgot about him as mine. Like I forgot Mm -hmm. about that moment that I like needed him badly and was felt left out and felt like I didn't have a friend and felt like lost and alone. And then Jesus saved me. And if you take ourselves back to that moment, I think we'll be reminded of a whole bunch and those relationships will come even more naturally. Yeah, it's so true. I think it's really cool because everything you're saying almost takes us off the defense. You know what I mean? Like, I think sometimes when we go into these conversations with people who don't know Jesus or who have wandered off from the Lord, we like are immediately on the defense. We're like, we're like, I think it's because we feel pressure. It's like, okay, I got to say the right mm-hmm. thing, the perfect thing. I, I have to know my facts or else this person's never going to believe they're never going to get it. And so I think that's where like bitterness enters in and resentment enters in and, and we get defensive and we get like, we, we don't bring the spirit of God into these conversations sometimes because we try to do it out of our own humanness and our own like debating skills. And I, I just have been really struck recently about watching how Jesus interacted with people throughout scripture and seeing how it was never formulaic. It was never like, okay, I go to this person and I say this, and then you do this, and then you lead them in this prayer, and then bam, they're in relationship with me. They're a Christian. They've been saved. Done. Like he interacted with each and every person so differently and so uniquely. Like when he when he talked to the woman at the well, he didn't talk to her about finances. He talked to her about relationships, you know, what she was struggling with, what what was like big in her world. And that was what he was having conversations with her about. And that's where he brought healing into her life. When he was talking to the rich young ruler, he wasn't talking about relationships. He was talking about money and, and what maybe was ruling his life. And, and he helped to set him free from that. And I just think that that's what's so cool about Jesus is Jesus never did it through this formula. And I think the same is true for us. It was always through relationship. It was always through getting to know the person, getting in there and having hard conversations. There was definitely not like a uh, skirting around hard conversations. Like Jesus had hard conversations, but I think that what I'm so inspired and encouraged by how Jesus interacted with people and how that his interactions that led to these crazy, monumental, life-changing, miraculous moments was every single one of them looked different. And thank goodness that we have the spirit of God in us that can lead us and guide us in these conversations and we can go in them rather than being defensive. We can go on them, go into them seeking relationship 
and seeking understanding and seeking out, you know, what might be heavy and hard in that person's life. And then trusting and knowing that, like you said, Ken's like Jesus transformed our life. Like Jesus transformed the heavy and hard things in our life and, and gave us new perspective. And when we get back to that place, I think that leads us into a place of compassion for other people. And we see them as somebody that we want on our team, somebody that we want in the family rather than someone that we're opposed to and we're against. And, and I think that's what this whole conversation struck me as is like, seeing God's heart for the lost and and wanting God to implant the same passion for the lost in my heart and not yeah. not like this be this burden like oh I haven't shared my faith recently but uh, a burden of like or a burning on my heart to be like I want to share about Jesus with people because look at this radical love, this relentless pursuit of love that he has for his people. And and I want to be a part of that. Yes. I've been so encouraged recently. I shared this a while ago, but that a lot of my doubt as God, as, as a savior that he still saves and is active and living and cares and all of this really did come from like a really long, long time of like being in relationship with people and nothing much changing. And you know, that's what I, and I think there's people listening to this who are like, okay, yes, I like feel like it's been like forever and ever and ever and nothing's changed. And so I just want to encourage you. It was so exciting. And it was like the highlight of my freaking year recently, like this person that I've been friends with for like six years. It's been six years. And now he's kind of like, he's recognizing that God still cares about him and everything's mm-hmm. changing for him right now. And so I think for anybody listening who's, I would just I really encourage you to just stay the course and keep loving on them, be persistent, stay present in their lives. And I think you really will be reminded of the reality that like God is actively saving and he really deeply cares. It's just a matter of time and his time, which is so exciting. And I was really encouraged by today's testimony. Yes. Today's testimony was this, Sweet. Well, you'll you'll hear it in just a second, but yeah, I'm excited for it. I hope you guys leave being like, oh gosh, I could be that friend to somebody in their life too. And I think you'll learn a lot. So should we get into the testimony? Let's jump in. Hello, Abby. We are so excited to have you on the Fourth Girl podcast and share a little bit of your story and your testimony and how God saved you. I feel like we just gave it all away, you know, the whole thing. Basically, Abby's going to tell you herself. But could you just start by sharing a little bit about yourself so that everybody knows who we're talking to? What is up, everyone? I am super excited to be here. Yeah, my name is Abby Raymond. I am 19 years old. I've grown up in the Chicago area. I've lived here my whole life. And I am an athlete. I compete in the sport of Olympic-style weightlifting. I have been doing that since I was 12 years old, and my dream is to make it to the 2028 Olympics. Yeah, and God has been such a huge part of my story, and I'm really excited to see how he continues to move because he has been so good and so faithful. So good. Yes. Okay, so we're super excited to have you just share your story and kind of 
your testimony of just how God kind of captured your heart and brought you into relationship with him. And I think it's really fun. So we got to hear your story at a retreat a few months ago. And I remember it just struck me so much because I feel like it was just such a cool picture of God's heart for his kids of like chasing them down in the most unique and cool and special ways. And and then what happens in the aftermath of that too, that is so cool. And so we'd love for you to just share, share a little bit about what it looked like when God got a hold of your heart, God moved and, and God truly came in and saved your life in this way. Yeah. So like I said, I was 12 years old when I first started competing in the sport of Olympic weightlifting. And growing up um, prior to that, I was a gymnast. Um, athletics have been a huge part of my life. And I did not grow up in a Christian home. Well, actually, I take that back. I grew up in a Christian home. I did not grow up in a home that was actively pursuing the Lord. Mm, yeah. Mm. So I grew up praying to God, um, but really not knowing anything about Jesus. I never really went to church. Um, there were no Bibles in the house, but I believed in just a higher power that I labeled as God. And mm. that was just how I grew up. So then when I did start competing in weightlifting, I ended up gaining a pretty significant amount of success um, fairly quickly. After a year of training, right before I turned 13, I competed at my first nationals. I ended up breaking two American records. I was invited to the Olympic Training Center and I won the competition. So I was wow, so pretty stoked. Thank <laughs> <Hey>, you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I I was like on cloud nine. Mm. So when I entered into my seventh grade year of school, which is every single girl's all-time favorite school year ever. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought everyone was going to think I was super cool. And the complete opposite happened. And it probably didn't help that I was super cocky at the time. So I definitely made some mistakes along the way with the friendships and relationships I had built. But uh, just girls can be so mean. And the group of girlfriends I was super close with since pretty much kindergarten, um, they started body shaming me. They would say things like, why are your legs so big? Or that shirt fits you weirdly. Are you gaining weight? Just all these different comments because of the sport I chose to compete in. And that eventually progressed to them inviting me out places, but then never showing up, um, just leaving me out completely, uh, creating all these little jokes together and just leaving me there to wonder what was going on. Just all, all the petty little girl things. So I ended up doing what I thought was the smartest thing, which is transitioning into the popular group and leaving those friends behind. And I think all of us listening to this know that the popular group isn't the best choice, but mm -hmm. being 13 years old and not having a relationship with Jesus meant that I was so lost in searching for identity and validation and acceptance and just a sense of worth. And I looked for that in the world and in the opinions of others. So I wanted to be cool and I wanted to be liked. And things with the more popular kids only ended up getting worse. Um, I was pretty badly bullied throughout that entire year. 
thing started out with just like little comments similar to what um, my girlfriends were doing earlier in the year, just about my body, the way I looked. Um, they started questioning if I was gay, if I was a man, just all these different things, which really did um, because my identity was not in Christ. It really affected me like in my heart. I was like, huh, like, are they right? Like, who am I? What is like, is there something wrong with me? Um, and then those comments eventually progressed to rumors being spread about me and pictures were taken and photoshopped and spread around the school, which then turned into physical bullying at the school. People would be pushing me into lockers. They would be taking my lunches from me when they knew I needed to cut weight for competitions and they would stomp on them or throw them across the halls. And then things did progress to more sexual. Um, just I was harassed a lot. People would grab at me and poke at me. And basically, by the end of that year, um, I was so broken, so lost, just hated myself, had no clue who I was. Um, definitely at like the beginning stages of being suicidal. I don't want to say I was fully at that point yet, but definitely like was having the thoughts of like, would I be happier if I wasn't here? Would other people be happier if I wasn't here? Because I know I'm not happy right now. So what can I do that would change that? Mm. So just very broken. And I had completely shut out everyone that loved and cared about me at that time. Um, so out of nowhere, so the year was over. It was summertime now. Really didn't have any friends. So just stayed in the house all the time. And a girl that I used to play soccer with growing up, she reached out to me. And it said that she was thinking about me and wanted to see if I would go to a game night at church with her. And I said, no way. <laughs> These things that will find out I went to church. Just imagine how much worse the things would get. Um, but my parents ended up finding out that she had reached out to me. And even though I had been shutting them out, like, they're not dumb. They, It was so clear to them and clear to anyone around me to see that I was hurting and mm that I needed support and really just, I was struggling. So I think in their minds, they were like, you know, church people are usually pretty friendly. Maybe Abby will meet some nice people. So they actually forced me to go to that game night. And that night changed my life forever. Um, the very first person I saw, who you two know very well, um, her name's Hannah Barnett. She came running up to me, and at that time, she was about 21 or 22. Um, I was still 13, so I was like, whoa, there's this really cool older girl, <laughs> but she came running up to me and was like, oh my gosh, it is so nice to meet you. My name is Hannah. I just want to know everything about you, and I seriously thought that there was something wrong with her because I had never seen somebody that happy in my entire life, but it was so clear to me that she had something inside of her that I didn't. And I was so drawn to it and so captivated by her joy. I was like, I need whatever this girl has. So just seeing that in her and not even knowing what it was, um, it brought me back the next week and the week after that. And Hannah was so, so intentional about discipling me, which Obviously, at the time, I had no clue she was discipling me, but um, she would take me out for coffee. She would literally pick me up at like 6 a.m. before I went to school and 
take me to Starbucks and we'd hang out for an hour and a half. And he was just so, so kind. And really, for like the first maybe month or so that we knew each other, he didn't talk about Jesus at all. She just built a relationship with me. And I started trusting her. I really saw that she wanted to know me for me. And that was huge. Um, like she it was like she came in with no agenda. And I saw that and she just wanted to love on me. And I felt so loved and so seen when I was with her. So then by the time she actually did say that Jesus was the reason why she lived her life the way she did and why she was she was so joyful and why she had such a great sense of peace. I was like, huh, like maybe Jesus can give me some of that. Hmm. But I was still a little skeptical of like the whole like he raised from the dead type thing and had a lot of questions like if Jesus healed so many sick people back then like why are there still so many sick people today or like why do bad things happen to good people just like a lot of the common questions so Hannah and I ended up going through the case for Christ together which is a book by Lee Strobel and if you have not read that book and you're listening to this I highly recommend it it is so sorry my phone started ringing <laughs> I love it. That is amazing. Is that your ringtone? That was awesome. Yeah, so the Rocky theme song is my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fitting. I love it. That's perfect. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, highly recommend that book. It seriously, along with Jesus, like touching my heart, like that book changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I read that and I was like, done deal. I'm in. God's real, 100%. And it just. It's so crazy how the book uses only secular evidence to prove that, like, Jesus lived a life, like, here on earth, and he definitely was the son of God, and, like, he died for us. Like, he died for me. Like, it's just, it's so wild, and it's so special, but, yeah, yeah. Jesus definitely saved me. (laughs) (laughs) That is so awesome. I love so many parts of the story of just how Hannah just like simply built a relationship and we actually in the study that everyone's going through we just talk about how Jesus did the same thing like he didn't come to the broken people and preach a good sermon or powerful prayer like sometimes it was as simple as inviting them over for dinner or um, in your case a little coffee day and I think those things go so far and are so simple and I think it's crazy that sometimes we are scared to even extend that invitation or maybe we put this pressure to make it this huge sermon when it can be something so simple like going to Starbucks. Um, But that's so powerful. Okay, so now it's been, I feel like maybe almost like seven. I don't know. I can't do the math right away, but almost eight years. (laughs) Holy moly. And you're just pursuing the Lord. What does it look like for you now? Of course, as you also are building like, your own like influence and getting to hopefully share your faith. Like, is that a part of your everyday? What does that look like for you now? Yeah. So it's definitely like, it's grown a ton. Um, and I feel like I've grown a ton too with my relationship in Christ. Um, Cause it definitely, I feel like all of our stories, like when we first come to Jesus, it's not like we're so holy immediately. <laughs> so there's a lot of steps you got to take to like, and, to like actively pursue the Lord. And it was hard for me at first because it was very different from the way my parents lived. And 
way people at school lived. Um, so I still was struggling with falling into like, what do people think of me? Like, I know this to be true now, um, but I still want people to like me. So just like dealing with that insecurity and navigating that. Um, and then also in my sport, I feel like now I, I've come to realize and think of what I do as like, this is my form of worship. Um, like pretty much like I just lift heavy things and put them like pick them up and put them down. But like, <laughs> I, I love it. And I yeah. just feel like the Lord has, uh, he's gifted me with it. Like I, I'm pretty good at it. I have a chance at making it to the 2028 Olympics if I keep working hard and stay on the path I, I'm on. But like this is my platform to be fruitful and be joyful and not always try to have the right answers. But similar to how Jesus touched my heart, like I would love to touch somebody else's heart through the way Jesus dwells within me and through my joy, because that's how he spoke to me through Hannah, through her joy, through her fruit, not because of the knowledge that she had or the insights or the truth that was revealed to her, but just mm. because of her actions, her love. So I would just love to be able to touch people's hearts with the fruit that mm. God has given me. I think it's so powerful and just really amazing and cool how in your moment like of of just the lowest point where you're like feel so alone so lost so desperate god so clearly puts this one girl in your life who all she does is just like let the light of christ shine through her and like how you recognized it maybe you didn't know what it was maybe you didn't have a name mm -hmm. for it but you knew that something was different and mm -hmm. i think that is so cool because this week in our study is all about um how god still saves how like god is still chasing after the hearts of people that sometimes feel like the least likely candidates like you know the least likely people who would ever say yes to a relationship with jesus but how God can still radically save through the simplest of ways and that he invites us as his kids, as his sons and daughters to like be a part of that, to just like be the conduits of the joy of just the peace of Christ in us. And I think your story just so beautifully shares that and embodies that. So, wow. Thank you so much for, for sharing it with us. I know that's going to encourage so many people and I'm just like really excited to see the fruit of your life just continue to be so evident through your gifts and your talents that God has clearly placed in you. And uh, just to watch, mm -hmm. I hope you win some, some gold medals for us, you know, for the kingdom. I love it. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys so much. So fun. Do you guys got to all follow Abby on Instagram? She's the sweetest Abby Raymond and it will inspire you to get out of bed and lift some weights. Get strong. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, we will be talking to you soon. Thank you for the girl fam for listening to today's episode. I hope you were encouraged and loved it. And we can't wait for you to go out and share the good news with all of your friends and people. And yeah, the Lord's waiting on you. It's going to be good. <laughs> all right. Talk to you later. <laughs>